Hey guys, welcome to Cup of Connections. I'm Portia and we're here coming to you from our virtual cafe, Better with a Cup of Coffee. We are savoring relationships with coffee lovers around the world and sharing their experiences that have been better with a cup of coffee. I'm introducing our fantastic guest, Lane Mitchell. She is marketing director, if I'm saying that correctly, Lane, mm-hmm. for Cafe Feminino Coffee and also Joe Van Gogh Coffee. Yeah, I have a, a couple of different hats, um, but we can talk <laughs> about that later. <laughs> well, welcome, Lane. It is such an honor to have you here. I've spoken to you several times. Thank you for coming on and just sharing about Cafe Feminino, about Joe Van Gogh. I will say that I'm in honor of the podcast. I'm drinking a cup of coffee and (laughs) I just, I just brewed this. It is a cafe feminino coffee from Sumatra. Um, It's from a women owned co-op called Coco Wagayo. And it's the only women run co-op in Sumatra. It's really quite amazing how these women have stood up for themselves and put together a a really robust specialty coffee business in Sumatra of Mm -hmm. of all places. But it's one of the nine different countries that Cafe Feminino sources beans from. Mm -hmm. And this is a great coffee because this coffee is a little bit more darkly roasted than many of our coffees. And it has a, a rich body. It has more of a deep chocolate flavor, some kind of black cherry tartness to it. It's really a fantastic coffee. So Ooh, just wanted yummy. to shout out to the, the women producers in Sumatra, but I always like to, to shout out to them. I'm going to have to try it. I think I've tried the Peru and, mm-hmm. and that's special to me because Cafe Feminino and I are partnering. So I'm raising money for a community in Peru so that they can have wet mills. Mm-hmm. Uh, wet the, mills. The, yes, absolutely. And they have to have the floor concreted. Yeah, Peru is lovely. Peru is kind of the heart of Cafe Feminino. So mm-hmm. you, you kind of asked me to talk about what I do. So why don't we start there? Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> Please tell us. Okay. So I'm the marketing director of Joe Van Gogh. It's a coffee roaster and retailer headquartered in Hillsboro, North Carolina. If you're driving down Highway 40, it's halfway between Durham and Greensboro at Joe Van Gogh. And in addition to roasting coffee for the Joe Van Gogh brand and operating three, four cafes, um, we're, we're a corporate operator of three cafes, one Joe Van Gogh in Chapel Hill, two mm-hmm. in Durham. We also have a licensed cafe in Raleigh. So really it's four cafes. So we roast for our own brand. We also roast for many other brands. One of them is Cafe Feminino. In addition to, to directing marketing for Joe Van Gogh, of course, I direct marketing for Cafe Feminino. And I mm-hmm. also kind of had national sales for the brands. Cafe Feminino, the roasted brand was launched in December 2018, January 2019. So it's it's only really three years old as a roasted coffee brand. And in the three years that it's been around as a roasted brand on the shelves of probably about 400 different retailers, everything from coffee shops and cafes to museums, 
grocery stores, hotels, restaurants. So a wide variety of different types of organizations have tried our coffee and love our coffee, either serve it to their employees or, or sell it and serve it to their customers. So super excited about that. Is that worldwide or within the country or? Yeah. So I concentrate on the United States. So mm-hmm. that number is a U.S. number. There's another group that concentrates on Europe, and Mm -hmm. we just opened a Cafe Femenino Cafe in Greece. It's the the first properly branded Cafe Femenino Cafe. It serves only Cafe Femenino, and it has a logo on the awning that says Mm -hmm. Cafe Femenino, and the cups say Cafe Femenino. So that's super exciting to see the coffee in that fashion. It's been quite a journey. Do you think I should go back to the beginning, Portia? You doggone right, because people need to know it's a movement. And these women from these nine regions are special. They have taken it on themselves to find work for themselves. They're coffee farmers. We need to know their stories. Yeah, absolutely. So it's a pretty remarkable story. So coffee is grown, as you know, Portia, and maybe many of your listeners know, coffee is grown in the area between the Tropic of Cancer and the Tropic of Capricorn, generally speaking, right around the equator. And that's because for the most part, coffee, the plant uh, requires fairly cool nights and fairly cool sunny days. So Mm -hmm. the temperatures between the Tropic of Capricorn and the Tropic of Cancer tend to provide those. You'll find coffee growing on fairly tall mountains and in places where there are a lot of overgrowth of higher trees. So coffee as a tree, generally with the Arabica version of coffee generally goes naturally eight to 10 feet. There's a second plant type called Robusta, which grows a little taller up to 18 feet, but all of our coffee is of the Arabica variety. And because they only grow eight to 10 feet naturally, there tends to be higher trees above them, palm trees and banana trees and other trees above them. And so in their natural surroundings, they would grow the best in kind of a forest covering of of, of leaves um, Mm -hmm. underneath a, a bunch of trees. That's kind of the growing conditions that coffee needs. And because of that, coffee is grown in places where traditionally women aren't allowed to own land. So that is either by custom or by law. So you'll see it, for example, the birthplace of coffee is in Ethiopia. And so you see countries in Africa, Tanzania, Kenya, Mm -hmm. Ethiopia, Mm -hmm. and also in the Americas, Central America and South America, between Mexico and Brazil, for the most part. So we're talking about also Honduras and Central America and Costa Rica and a little bit in Venezuela, but countries like that, Mexico, of course, Nicaragua. But in those countries, traditionally, women have been a central part of the coffee growing process. But because they haven't been able to own land, they haven't been able to benefit from land ownership. They might do generally between 40 to 60% of all the field labor. And that's everything from nursing the baby seedling into a tree to picking the beans off the tree to processing them. You know, Portia, in addition to doing all that labor, they also 
also take care of the household. So they also do all the cooking and they also take care of the children and they also take care of the laundry and take care of the domestic animals. And and so, you know, it doesn't stop at 60% of all the labor. It's like, no, your work is not done. No. So, you know, women have traditionally been very, very important to the world, coffee, agriculture, and growing and processing coffee because they didn't own the land traditionally. They traditionally didn't have benefit from the fruit of the land and the fruit of the land being coffee. And so, you know, they often had to give their day's work, their harvests up to the landowners who were Mm -hmm. mostly men. Some of them were husbands and some of them were fathers. There are cases where it could have been an elder son. So give their coffee, their day's work up to the landowners who took it to the exporter, the marketplace, who got the coffee graded, who sold it and pocketed the money. And what we find in, in especially coffee specifically, but likely in other agricultural communities that are functioning like the, the coffee world functions, that a lot of that um, money that the men get for the harvest doesn't find its way back to the family. It doesn't find its way back to the farm. It doesn't find its way back to the children. And so the women and children often you'll find live in abject poverty, although they're working 12, 14, 16 hours a day laboring for the, the benefit of the farm and the community and the family. They don't really get to benefit in the money. What the result is, of course, is abject poverty, and a lot of the social issues that kind of grow out of poverty. So lack of nutrition, lack of health care, there's physical abuse, sexual abuse, emotional abuse. There is uh, a lack of self-worth for these women Mm -hmm. because when they're not landowners and they're not money earners, they seldom have a voice in their families and they seldom have the ability to influence decisions like how money is spent in the family. So it's really unfortunate, but the, the Cafe Feminino was really founded to disrupt this dynamic. So it was just a, a group of women who decided, hey, enough is enough. We do most of the labor and we deserve more piece of the pie, right? That, that's such a great way to express it, Portia. So the, the idea started in 2003 in the hills in northern Peru in kind of the Lambayeque region in northern Peru. And in that region, 464 women who were part of farming families Mm -hmm. or farmers decided that pretty much enough is enough. (laughs) So um, what they decided was to stand for something bigger than coffee. They decided to stand for something bigger than themselves. They decided to stand for um, a very transformative idea. And that idea is that women should get paid fairly for their work. Let me ask you this, from their movement, from these 464 women, was there any backlash? Did they experience that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's very interesting what happened. Once they decided to do this, what they literally did was they separated their harvests from the harvest of the men in the community. They all got together, picked their beans, processed them, put them in the jute bags that you often see green coffee coming in and hand wrote on the bags, Cafe Femenino, meaning women's coffee in their language, Spanish, and took it to the exporter, um, Proesa, who paid them directly. And this was the first time that they had ever in their entire lives, and some of them have been in coffee since they were 
I don't know, knee high to a cricket, one might say that, <laughs> you know, they're two, three years old, they had started, you know, picking and sorting coffee. And some of them had been in coffee for 50, 60, 70, 80 years, but they had never seen a dime. And then this was the very first time that they had been paid for their coffee and paid for their production. And it mm -hmm. was extraordinarily transformative. It, it really transformed them as humans. And, and they immediately found an internal self-worth and right. being paid for their harvest and took it back to their communities. Interestingly enough, they got paid a good amount of money for their harvest. So that was quite lovely. And then they did it again for the second harvest. At that point, the, the coffee community is, is really quite interesting because at that point, the entire ecosystem of coffee started supporting them in ways that are pretty amazing. Proasa, who was the exporter out of Peru, started working with a women-owned importer called an organic products trading company and that was based out of washington state mm -hmm. and then the owner of joe van gogh found out about these beans at a conference in the spring of 2004 found out about these women women owned beans essentially and bought them and started roasting them under the joe van gogh brand and had every harvest since that first harvest but the entire community kind of rallied around this idea and work with them to ensure that the idea, not only they could be successful, but the idea could be successful. So the Joe Van Gogh company has been really involved in Cafe Feminino from the mm -hmm. beginning and really quite dedicated to this cause and this mission. Some of the things that have happened in the commercialization, for lack of a better word, of the idea is that there was a business model built around, and, and the entire community helped in creating this business model, but a business model built around the idea that women should get paid fairly. And that is for women to be part of the Cafe Feminino producers group, they are required to literally own the land that they farm. So have deed to the land that they farm. Mm. They must be paid directly. It breaks the tradition of coffee farming where only men get paid. In this mm -hmm. case, the women get paid and, and they must be leaders in their community. And so their community could be anything from their small producer group to the larger international coffee community. And there's some who are leaders in the international coffee community. Mm. Um, and then and then there are also some quality assurances. So the, the coffee is organic certified, which is a, quite a long, arduous process. It's fair trade certified. There's some of the coffees that are produced in these nine countries is UTS certified, Rainforest Alliance, and also small producer symbol certified. So there are a lot of certifications that go into ensuring that the coffee is of a high quality and mm -hmm. the community really does stand behind helping those women not only gain these certifications, but to keep these certifications up. I was overwhelmed by the profound story of these ladies. Uh, the empowerment and the inspiration that they have instilled within me, they did something that was unheard of. That is historical. There should be a movie. You know, it should be books about these ladies because it is extremely inspirational for all women, all kids. And so that's why I wanted to partner with Cafe Feminino because of what it represents. It's not only Peru, but as you said, there are nine other chapters. So there's Peru, Guatemala, Colombia. Tell us some more. 
Yeah. So it started out 464 women. There's over 5,000 women now involved, which is really pretty spectacular. Starting alphabetically, Bolivia, Brazil, Colombia, Guatemala, Mexico, Nicaragua, Peru, Rwanda, and Sumatra. Those are the countries that the Cafe Feminino coffee is grown. So Cafe Feminino started out as literally a green sourcing program, sourcing the green beans from the farms and the producers at origin, importing them into starting out with the United States and grown into places like Canada and Europe. And for many years, it was only a green sourcing program. The foundation, that's called Cafe Feminino Program International. And then the foundation, Cafe Feminino Foundation, if your listeners want to look it up, it's cffoundation.org. That was founded to provide funding for programs that better the communities of, in, in coffee growing communities. Each pound of coffee that is sold five cents from that pound goes into a fund at the Cafe Feminino Foundation. And the women who are part of Cafe Feminino get to choose how that money is spent. And so they get to decide what programs like the wet milk program in Peru, which is really important to their communities. There are things like bee husbandry, things like planting other crops beside complementary crops to coffee so that women and families can have a, a less volatile income. Coffee harvests come in just once a year. Everybody gets paid for their entire year's work in a matter of weeks. So having other crops to um, even out that volatility of income is really important. They can do things like schools, healthcare facilities, so they get to choose. And also the foundation is funded by folks who aren't even in coffee, who decide that providing funding for very important social and business and economic services in coffee is important. So there are other companies who just donate so that the women can do the things they need to do. Right. Having worked with a green coffee and buying the green coffee and roasting the green coffee for 15, 16 years at that point under the Joe Van Gogh name, Robbie Roberts, who owns Joe Van Gogh, discovered something really important. And that is we're all putting more thought and more intentionality to how we're consuming things as consumers, such as coffee. Not only are we considering the impact of the things we consume to the community, but also the impact of the people on the planet producing those things. So consumers at that point are ready to support directly social programs like Cafe Feminino with their money. They're ready to vote with their money. Working with them, we began roasting the Cafe Feminino coffee brands. We're the only roaster who in the United States roasts the Cafe Feminino coffee brand and distributes the brand. Other roasters in the U.S. and around the world do buy the green and they do use it in their coffee. And sometimes they actually use the seal. But it's really about understanding that in order for more women to have the opportunity to benefit from their labors, in order for more women to get paid, in order for more women to become landowners and not just land workers, consumers also needed to stand up for the idea that women should get paid what they're worth. There, there really did need to be a way for consumers to participate directly in the Cafe Feminino story, which is roasted coffee. It's brewed coffee. It's cafes. It's, it's things like that. It's 
It's quite interesting how consumers have embraced this idea and have really wanted to stand for a different dynamic in amongst themselves. We find that certain coffee shop owners really do want to change the dynamic, really do care about things like social justice and, and want to ensure that women get paid fairly. Mm-hmm. Grocery stores were in Whole Foods, for example, Earth Fair, Kroger, Sprouts Market. Those are businesses that also care about not only the economic benefit to the community, but also the benefit to the people who make this people on the planet. Again, I have to commend you and Robbie Roberts for your due diligence for Cafe Feminino and for the, the women who are using Cafe Feminino as a tool. So explain to me, as far as with marketing for the Cafe Feminino coffee and helping these ladies out. Have you visited any one of them yet? I haven't yet. <laughs> you know, it's, it's quite unfortunate that just after the, the, the roasted coffee was launched, this terrible thing called COVID happened. Oh, and flights yeah. shut down and the communities where coffee is grown smartly started isolating themselves and did not want people from the outside coming into the community to keep their community healthy. So, mm-hmm. uh, so, you know what, this is great that you mentioned that it's unfortunate about COVID, but I think it's, this is why the podcast, this is why I created the virtual cafe better with a cup of mm-hmm. coffee. So that even though we're going through these times through COVID, at least we still get to hear about other communities across the world. And especially with this, So even though you or myself have not been there and which is understandable, we can talk about them Mm -hmm. and we can still Mm -hmm. keep it going. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So I think that one of the the most interesting things about specialty coffee and, and one of the reasons that I've grown into this industry from kind of a, a really interesting early life peak into coffee production was there are so many hands that touch coffee before we drink it. And and coffee starts out on really small farms in places really far away, touched by women and and other people who nurture these plants and pick these berries and then process them. And then oftentimes co-ops are involved. And then there's a bunch of other people. And then there's exporters and there's a bunch of other people and importers and a bunch of other people and roasters and a bunch of other people and then <laughs> marketers and salespeople, a right. bunch of other people. And then there right. are cafes that have a bunch of other people and then consumers. <laughs> so the sheer number of, of humans who, and I call them coffee masters because each one of these people who touch mm. coffee is mm-hmm. really a master in, in what they do. It, creates an opportunity to tell meaningful stories like this, Portia, talk about meaningful relationships in coffee and have meaningful conversations about something that is often seen as very mundane as the first thing that we drink before we wake up in the morning. Literally many people get out of bed and before they shower or before they have breakfast or before they check on the dog, they're, they're over there brewing a cup of coffee just to wake up. It's such an integral part of our lives because there's so many people involved throughout the entire value chain creates wonderful opportunity to have conversations like this that can truly transform not only communities like the communities that we're working with, but, but people's everyday lives. You know, I often say that you can change the world with a cup of coffee. You can change the world with the coffee you choose and that you can 
create the future that you want to create simply by choosing to, to buy coffee that stands for social justice, that creates healthy planets, that creates healthy people, that creates healthy communities. And this is all within your reach as a consumer. This is all very much your choice as to what future you want to create for yourselves and those people in your life simply by deciding what coffee you're going to drink. So it's a really interesting kind of dynamic. You talked about marketing. And I think that one of the keys in marketing is talking to, to folks like you, Portia, who truly understand that it really is about conversations. Um, it really is about stories and relationships. And by working together, we can all make this planet and the people on it healthier and better. Thank you for that. I was just thinking about conversations you were saying, and I don't know exactly the date of when I fell in love with coffee, but I've gotten to this point where it's about other people who enjoy the same elixir that I do in different ways, but the common denominator is love for coffee and it provokes conversation. Oh yeah. Did you have this coffee from so-and-so? No, I didn't, but what's it about? And then you just go down that rabbit hole. And there's so many things that unfold, like Cafe Feminino, just by you researching and wanting to know more. And now having that be a part of my coffee journey, I've come to this point of talking to you about a movement that's so spectacular. We share this common denominator, you and myself. We love coffee and then we're compassionate people. It just unravels into this beautiful experience that both you and myself have. And we just so happened to meet one day. Now we're talking about it and providing people with information about these wonderful ladies. Who knows what this story can do for other people? But you're right. It is about the conversations. You and I come from different places, but because of the common denominator, our love for coffee, it can open up so many cultures understanding each other or trying to because of coffee. Mm -hmm. And I think what you said about how coffee can affect you to make change in the world, it's, it's kind of a sexier way of changing the world. Because a lot of times we get beaten over the head by social change or what's going on with a greener planet and so forth. But if you start talking to people and then you start understanding people's stories and then it just unravels that way, you get to the same feeling of wanting to help. It's just different. And I think it's more palpable that way, in my mm -hmm. opinion. You're making it fun. It's just a lovely conversation between two people, two friends. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. As you can tell, it's a passionate subject, passionate uh, thing coffee is to me. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Well, Lane, I have to say again, it has been an honor to have you just have a conversation with me about Cafe Feminino Coffee, about the ladies who are pioneers and yourself who is doing her, her magic for both companies, Joe Van Gogh and for Cafe Feminino. I'm grateful. And I have to have you on again because <laughs> there's so much more to talk about, but we're out of time at this moment. Thank you for having me, Portia. I'm glad to come back anytime you want to talk. Awesome. Have a good day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. I'm Portia White, and I hope you've enjoyed today's conversation. I'd like to give a special thanks to our sponsor, BetterWithACupOfCoffee.com. 
If you like what you heard, please rate and review our podcast. And join us again soon at Cup of Connections.